Hi, hey, everyone. Hey. We are so excited to have you all here. Thank you for joining us today. We are thrilled to announce that we are live with Glenn Lundy, and we could not be any more excited to have him on the show. Um, so just to get started, I'm Jess. I'm Shasta. And we are the Chicks in Charge, and we will go ahead and bring Glenn out now. Glenn Lundy, welcome to the stage. Welcome, Glenn. What up, what up, what up, what up, what up? I'm over here. I'm sending the link out right now. I'm sending the link. Awesome. Let's see, do a live interview. Come check it out. Okay, cool. All right, good. I'm with you. I'm with you now. Let's go. We're live. Let's go. Awesome. Thank you Glenn, so much. Anybody who's been in the automotive industry, um, who, of course, is a huge section of our audience, um, anybody who's been here longer than, I would say, um, two days, will more than likely know who you are. Um, but in case anybody doesn't, um, give us a little bit introduction of you, um, you know, where you got your start. I know that's a very long story, but... Um, are you saying I'm old or something? You, <laughs> no, you, you, got, you got some good experience, man. <laughs> I've been in this industry a long time, that's for sure, going on now. Uh, 27 years now, 27, 27 years I've been in auto. But wow. my name is Glenn Lundy, husband to one, father to eight. I am the founder of the 800% Elite Automotive Club. And uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a lover of all things automotive. That would, that would be me in a nutshell. Yes, you are. And you're not just a lover of all things automotive. You are also the number one speaker in America right now, aren't you? Uh, so they say. That's what they tell me. That's what they tell me. <laughs> yeah, I won a uh, I won a, a big contest and got the title of the number one speaker in America, uh, which wow. has been an honor. That was I wow. got that back in February. Got to speak at the uh, 10x GrowthCon event that Grant Cardone puts on, biggest business conference, you know, business conference in the United States of America. So it was an honor to speak on that stage. I, wow. I watched you um, do that, and I have to wonder, even with somebody as much uh, with as much confidence as you have, and as much as you speak, you're live every single day. You speak to every or just so many people on a daily basis. In that moment when you walked on that stage, was there any part of you that was nervous? Oh my gosh! You know, I I, I get so language is powerful, right? The words that we use are really really powerful, and so I learned a while back to shift that word nervous to um, excited. Right. Because our body reacts the exact same way to something we're excited about and something that we're nervous about. So I get excited anytime I go onto any stage. That particular one, however, there was extra. There was a lot of extra yeah. uh, because there was a clock. I had a three minute clock. Wow. And they had told me that if I go one second over, a big red buzzer is going to go off in the in the in the thing oh my and God. like I would be disqualified from the whole contest so normally when I speak at an event they're like you know you have 45 minutes I'm like okay so I've got 45 to 47 maybe 49 if we're feeling it we can go a little long but it's never down to the second Whereas this event was literally down to the second and so that created another layer of how do you, you know, leave the impact that you want to make in a very, very, very small amount of time? So yeah, it no was pressure. it was awesome. Yeah, no, no pressure. Yeah, and you, you did make an impact, and you it's did. it's funny. I I watched it, um, and Elena had said that um, you you made her think, and everyone there, even Grant, got teared up and said, you know, you made him reconsider 
and think about who he was. And I was sitting there thinking, I'm like, God dang, who am I? Like, uh, you know, and, and it's, you know, we consider ourselves to know who we are. You know, we read the books, we listen to the podcast, we do the things. And even somebody is in touch with ourselves as mm-hmm. we are like three minutes, you did that to us. So it was super impactful. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was, uh, I was really shocked. Initially, I thought I was talking about, you know, a story of, kind of uh, black, white, you know, just the, the my experience, right? Uh, but after being on that stage, thousands of people that reached out and said, like, I battled that too. You know, I was I was born in, in Scotland, but I grew up in Switzerland. Or I was born with money, but I grew up in poor neighborhood. Or like, like uh, everyone, it seems, uh, that, that, that reached out, at some point in their lives had some sort of identity issue where they didn't feel like they belonged, right? Um, and I think it's even more rampant nowadays with things like social media and highlight oh, reels and all this comparison and so on and so forth. So it was, um, I was thankful that God put that message on my heart to share and it seemed like it, it made an impact because I won. Let's go. Yes. So amazing. I'm so excited for you. Um, and you. And you earned every bit of it. That yes. was That was phenomenal. Um, So so I have a little bit of a fun question for you that we're curious about. Um, Right now in this moment, if you could have tickets to any concert or see anybody speak or tickets to anything at this point in time, what would it be to? Oh, man. Um, I don't know, because I uh, usually if I want to go see something, I figure out a way to make it happen. Right. Uh, So. I think probably Taylor Swift, like okay. that concert, what, what they've done, what she's done for that brand mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. from the marketing side of it, um, I was going to take my daughter, but it just didn't work out timing wise. Um, but Taylor, Taylor Swift is, a, she's just a legend. She's an icon, man. So I'm, I'm inspired by uh, her gift, A, and then I am inspired by her business savvy or at least the business savvy of the people around her um, i think it's absolutely incredible so front row little taylor swift action i think those tickets were like 20 grand a piece or something so front front row taylor swift that would probably be it so if you got extra tickets just let me know i'm your guy sounds like glenn needs to take his daughters on a daddy daughter date to a taylor swift concert so I, we looked it up i was going to take savannah and um I, the cheapest ticket in the house was like five grand, like cheapest ticket, like no, nosebleeds. Right. Now you got to remember, I got six daughters. <laughs> I, got six, I got six of them. All right. So you have to be careful putting things out like take oh, his yeah. daughters. No, it's like a daughter. That's how that works. There you go. Chris has a good idea. He says go to Europe for Taylor. It's way cheaper. Oh, yeah. That's actually smart, Chris. I'm actually, uh, I'm, I, that's a good idea. We'll we'll look that up. I'm taking my daughter Savannah to uh, Italy in September for her Ooh, birthday. So maybe maybe Taylor will be over there somewhere at that time. That'd be great. That's exciting. <laughs> Robin says, "Do the daughter lotto." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they each get their turn. They all get to do pretty amazing things. We try to. Uh, we have a big family, and so it's very important to me that it's very important to me that um, each of my children still feel their individuality and are allowed to be individuals. And so every year I take each of my kids on a, a little 48 hour daddy daughter. They, they pick the location. They're allowed to pick anywhere they want, but they have a 48 hour window. So I'm like, 
if you pick, you know, California, it's going to take us 14 hours to get there and 14 hours to get back. So Mm -hmm. that only leaves you like 20 hours. So normally they pick, you know, places fairly close, uh, Disney World or um, things like that. But every year I try to do 48 hours one-on-one with each of the kids so that they can get that individual experience. That reminded me of whenever Adam Marburger posts pictures of his daughter, like in front of Gucci or Louis Vuitton. I could not imagine having six. Oh my gosh. I have three. three. (laughs) Adam's daughters are great, man. Adam came out. He brought his daughters to, uh, we have a big 4th of July uh, event at our house every, every year. It's my favorite holiday. And so we have a big event. We invite the community and friends and family and so on and so forth. And uh, Adam Marburger brought his, uh, his, his wife, girlfriend I, mm-hmm. uh, and then their kids and they came out and spent uh, a couple of days with us in Kentucky it was amazing they're incredible young ladies absolutely incredible young ladies awesome awesome I've heard about your uh, your fourth of July event it's um it's famous I think mm-hmm. automotive worldwide it is <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty big deal we go all out live band and bouncy houses for the kids and uh, ridiculous fireworks show because I'm ridiculous when I, I go to that, that kind of thing. Justin Janelle went one year, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah, the Roper Kia crew. Mm-hmm. Yes, Roper Kia has come out. Um, we just, that's how we roll. That's how we roll. Fourth of July, that's our day. So that that leads into you know making sure that you you have all this time with your with mm-hmm. your kids, your daughters yeah. especially. Um, what is the hardest balance with with as much time as you give to your dealers, to the people who follow Rise and Grind, um, and with having eight kids, a devoted wife, what has been the hardest part for you of finding a work-life balance? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, so there's two aspects of that, right? The, the, the hardest, like the, the physically hardest part is, you know, now I wake up at 3.20 in the morning so that I have time to invest in myself mm-hmm. uh, before I go investing into um, others in the world. And so that adjusting from, you know, when I was in the dealership world, I'd wake up at like six and then it became like 5.30 and then five and then 4.34. And now I'm looking at my wife like, who, how did I sign up? Like who signed me up for the 3.20 a.m. slot? <laughs> yeah. like, this is a very interesting slot here. So physically that's been the most challenging, but the most important thing that I've learned and that I'll share is I don't believe in balance And again, like I said, kind of at the beginning, our words have so much power, right? I've been studying words a lot the last few years of my life. And here's what I found while I was studying words. I found that there was never enough time for everything, right? And I always felt like busy and I felt like there was never enough time. And so I started really looking at my my calendar and my language. And here's what I noticed. I noticed that I would invest in my business and I was expecting a return, right? If you're going to invest, you expect a return. So then I would invest in the stock market and I would expect a return. Mm -hmm. I would invest in, um, uh, you know, self-development or whatever, and I would expect a return. Mm -hmm. But then when I was talking about my family or other things, I would say, I'm going to spend time with my kids. Mm -hmm. I'm going to spend time with my wife. I'm going to spend time at the gym. I'm going to spend time watching Netflix, right? And the word spend is a deficit. It's a negative. And it also has no expectation of a return. So I made a shift and was like, oh, wait a minute. If I make sure that 
Everything I do is an investment with an expectation of a return. It changes everything, right? So I started looking at it. I'm like, oh, if I invest 15 seconds eye to eye with my daughter, Willow, and make her feel seen, heard, and significant, she doesn't want to spend more time than that with dad anyway. She's like off doing the next thing, right? But if I constantly tell her, hold on later, I'm on the phone or whatever, like, she falls, she, she clams up, mm-hmm. right? I get a massive return out of Willow if I just take 15 seconds. It doesn't take a long time. You just got to make her feel seen, heard, and significant. In my business with my dealers, I invest two hours live every single week with my dealers. Now, they can call me, they can text me, right. uh, so on so on and so forth. They know they have access to me. But I intentionally invest every Tuesday at 2 o'clock, actually, as soon as I get done with this today, and every Wednesday at two o'clock, I'm live with my dealers. Now I could have other people do that. I could have, you know, other team members do it, so on and so forth. But I'm like, no, no, no. If I invest those two hours a week, my dealers feel seen, heard, and significant. Mm-hmm. They feel that connection with me. It doesn't have to be 20 hours a week. It doesn't have to be 40 hours a week. I don't have to be in their stores. I used to do all this in-store stuff, right? And so I'd leave the house at uh, three o'clock on Tuesday, fly to wherever, stay in a hotel. Then Wednesday, I'd spend all day at the dealership. And then the dealer would yep. the dealer would feel like he had to take me to dinner because I was in town. So then we'd go to dinner and then we'd do that. And then the next day, I'd have to go back to the airport and, and spend all this time in the airport to fly back home. I'd be away from my family for like 48 hours to get realistically a couple hours of work done. Mm-hmm. Because especially when you're in a store, these dealers are dealing with all the things they got to deal with, right? Mm -hmm. So it's just not efficient. It's not effective. So I'm like, well, how can I invest time where we're going to get a return and the dealer appreciates it actually more? Because they want to save time too, right? So I found that my business can thrive with a a two-hour-a-week investment of live time. Now, I also do research and there's lots of calls, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm productive at all times. But once I figured that part out, I'm like, oh, there's time for everything. Mm-hmm. As long as you're seeking a return. Like if you're going to go to the gym, don't go spend an hour at the gym posting selfies and lifting a couple weights. Right. Invest 20 minutes freaking getting it as hard as you can, right? Like where you're freaking pouring sweat, you'll get a better return at 20 minutes of invested time than when you than when you spend an hour at the gym. So that's been the biggest shift for me that I love to share with everybody out there is eradicate the word spend from your vocabulary. Only invest your money, invest your time, invest your energy, invest your efforts, expect a return, do it with the intention of getting a return and you'll find that there's time for it all. I love that. I don't, I don't even know how to follow that. Like that, that was the perfect answer. I mean, I Mm -hmm. think that, and I, I hate to even put this stigma out there because we're trying to break the stigma, but I think there's a different expectation on us as women to, to be there Mm -hmm. with our kids and, um, you know, to, to maintain that motherly role. Um, and it's, it's harder to, to prove, yes, we're still spending time with our kids. Like you see us out here working, you see us running a podcast, but then there's literally people in our families who are like, do you know, you still have children? Oh, yes. You're like, yeah, we know. They literally say that. <laughs> you know, you still have children. Why are you still at work at four thirty-five o'clock? Well, because I'm out here building my building our life for them. Yeah. <laughs> Time. Well, to- and I think I think 
you know, first of all, who gives, you know, I don't know if you guys cuss on this show or not, but yes. yeah. who gives a shit about right. what, they, what they have to say? Exactly. Let's just start there. Um, but the real tale, the real, what, what's really important is how the kids are responding to what you're doing, mm-hmm. right? So I, you know, I get up at 3.20 in the morning. I leave the house at 4.30 in the morning. I do a show. I go back home. Uh, you know, I work out. I go back home. And maybe I, I see the kids in the morning. Maybe I don't. Right. Um, It just depends on what they've got going on. And then I invest time in the evening, Mm -hmm. whatever it is that I get home, I invest time in the evening with the kids. And what I never do is I never say, I shouldn't say never. There's been a time or two, 99% of the time, I, my kids will ask for something. And the answer is not, I'm too tired. I work too hard. I had a long day. And I see, I see a lot of people doing that. Mm-hmm. They'll invest a lot in the business and then they'll go home and say, and sit on the couch and watch Netflix for four hours. And they're not making the same investment at the, at, at home. That they're right. making the business. And the kids, you can tell by the response from the kids, right? If the kids are growing and thriving, then we're making the proper investment. I went on Sunday and took 10 kids to Barbie. All right. Went to the Barbie movie. Which taking 10 kids to the movie is a pretty regular thing for me because I've got a lot of babies and they have friends. But I took 10 kids to the to the to the movie. Now, that was after running 16 miles in the morning for my marathon training. That was after we did church. Right. Investing time with my wife. And then in the evening, I could have easily been like, dude, I'm toast. Today's out. But instead, in my head, I'm like, I got to make sure I'm getting a return from these kids. So let's go take them to Barbie of all things. Let's go take them to the Barbie movie, which I actually enjoyed and learned some things from. Uh, but pour into the, get that investment from them. My kids are happy. They love dad. They, they're, they're, they're joyful. So I'm getting a return, right? So that would be the only thing I'd say to hardworking ladies like yourself that are, um, you know, working the podcast, working the business, uh, working at home, doing all of those things. Focus on the return. If you are getting a return, then tell everyone else to go suck an egg, for lack of a better words. Uh, if not, though, it is something you got to pay attention to. Right. Because right? uh, this industry can, this industry is known for divorces, estranged children, affairs, all of these things. And it springs from going to work at eight o'clock in the morning and coming, coming home at nine o'clock at night and working six days a week and then blowing off all your other priorities along the way. And so it's not uncommon. Right? It's not uncommon in this industry. So what we have to do is make sure we're investing what's necessary to get a return and making those things a priority. My children are absolutely priority number one. And as long as I'm getting a return from that, then we can go into the other things. I love that. And while we're on that topic of your kids and the industry, you know, when your daughters grow up, automotive industry or no? Hey, whatever they want to do, man. Um, I am of the camp that our children are given to us. But uh, how do I word this without getting too crazy? Um, You know, God plants seeds and... Each individual seed 
is going to grow into what it's going to grow into. And I feel like those seeds are planted. You know, my, my kids were planted in this garden because there's something that they can learn or some sort of guidance that they need along the way in order for them to fulfill their journey, whatever their journey is. So it's not my job to um, point them in a direction. Instead, it's my job to, to like, I watch my kids. I stare at my kids. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Mm, what is what is that kid good at? What is what do they seem to naturally be compelled to do? My daughter Savannah, she's a natural leader. She's always choreographing things. She's great with all her brothers and sisters. Like she's natural, so she comes with me. You know, when we go to dealerships or or on trips, uh, speaking events, um, things like that, because I know she's a leader. So I just want to sprinkle all that leader dust around her and let her know that she's gonna she can lead her whole life. She can, she doesn't have to follow a single time if she doesn't want to, but maybe she chooses to lead in business. Maybe she chooses to lead in her home. Maybe she chooses to lead, you know, that'll be up to her. So I would love for all of them to uh, continue on in the automotive industry. I think it's the best industry on the planet. Uh, With that said though, the individual paths will be what they will be. And I will support them along the way as best I can. Absolutely. Was, I love that. Was Savannah the one I um, listened to a podcast that you were on and um, you were talking about you had taken one of your daughters to the office with you one day and she had gone through all of your old drop bo- Dropbox files and thrown them into AI and made you a bunch of short reels. Was that Savannah? Yeah, that's Savannah. She's 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 cutting like 50 reels a week of using AI that tools. Nuts. How old is she? Uh, she'll be 14 in September. Wow. wow, that's impressive. Yeah. She's one of her, she's one going to Italy with me. She's my she's my road dog. She loves to travel. That is so awesome. I love yeah. that. She's, Does she show any interest yeah. of um, you know, going towards automotive? Um in any I know, you know, 13, there's I mean, you hardly know anything about cars. You're not driving yet or anything, but sure. does she show any interest in, you know, what you do furthermore than the leadership things? Um, she's very interested in the business. And she likes money like her daddy. So she's, <laughs> she's interested in the business. And I think in, to her, like when she looks at my life, I think she looks and goes, dad got, dad's got pretty cool life. Like mm-hmm. dad's traveling. He's in these places. He's at these events. He's around these people, so on and so forth. So I do see the, uh, the glimmer in her eyes around the auto industry. Uh, now, keep in mind, she has a very surface level image of what the auto industry is. So we'll see as it goes forward, but I could see her, you know, stepping over into this realm. My son, uh, he likes to hang out and do a lot of that stuff too, but he's, he's a different cat. Like he'll, he'll tell you straight up, like he wants to be a farmer. He wants to be, he wants to own his own cleaning service. Wow. Um, And uh, he's a farmer cleaning service preacher and maybe own a car dealership is what he told okay. me. And maybe. I think he just threw that one in for dad. Yeah. But, you know, he's very different. He's 11. Awesome. Yeah, he's 11. He's a hard worker. Like, Savannah is incredibly talented at everything, but doesn't necessarily have high drive work ethic. Like, that's not her natural thing mm-hmm. she would rather delegate just you right. go do you go do you go. <laughs> uh, my son's the opposite he's he's never naturally gifted or talented like in athletics and whatnot he's never naturally gifted or talented and so he usually starts every season as one of the 
lower players on the team and he ends every season as the best player on the team because he just outworks everybody. Like he will just work. Like he loves to freaking work. That's awesome. I love that. Give it to me, I'll get it done. And so we do that. Like in our house, things are not, you know, balanced. All the kids have different chores. Joel does more work around the house than anybody. And that's because he loves to work. He thrives mm-hmm. in it. We don't have to beat him over the head for it, right? Savannah does more with the kids than anybody. Like she loves leading the kids, mm-hmm. things like that. So we let the kids go into their zones of genius. It's, uh, it's important. It's got to be just the most fun thing with having eight kids, just watching their dynamics with each other and watching all of their different personalities. Mm -hmm. Like I only have two, so I only have two personalities to watch and they're almost identical, but watching eight different personalities that, that come from, you know, being raised the same in the same household and just watching them just go all sorts of different directions and have such different personalities. It's got to be wild. That's how to like, honestly, that's, uh, I I, I knew God, I knew God was real, but like God's real, bro. Like if you can have all those people in the exact same environment and they literally are all completely different. And and that to me is like, okay, so it's not environmental. It's not genes. You know, you can't, they have the same genetics, the same parents. They live in the same house. Mm -hmm. Uh, They go to the same school because they're all homeschooled. Like, everything's the same and no two of them are are, are are even close to the same in personalities. It's amazing. That's awesome. I, love yeah. that. I do too. You're such a lucky dad. I agree. That's amazing. You have, you have, a, <laughs> you have such a beautiful family. And I know that, um, you know, you have your own chicken charge at home. You know, Leslie is oh, superhuman. Yeah. She's superhuman. I mean, I think I saw somewhere that you said that she had been pregnant or breastfeeding your entire marriage. Yeah, so so she just stopped nursing Caroline, uh, I guess about six weeks ago. So up till that point, she had been pregnant or nursing all but five months out of the last 15 years. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah. My heavens. Crazy, right? (laughs) And she homeschools, doesn't she? She homeschools all of them. Yeah, through that whole time too. Yeah. Or most of that time anyways. Yeah, she's been homeschooling, uh, so Savannah's... 14. She's been homeschooling for eight years now. <laughs> yeah. Imagine. Nothing to make me feel like a, an underachiever. <laughs> I know. I'm like, that is amazing. Like, I think that, that, I think just that to think Leslie that one just... human being can do all of that in such a short amount of time, like, is almost inconceivable. It really is investment, man. I'm telling you, this is this, this understanding the difference between spending and investing is a, is a game changer. So, Public school, typical public school, right? And especially if you have a bus rider, right? Kid leaves at whatever time, 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning, catches a bus, goes to the school. Uh, once they get to the school, then they got to walk to their locker. They got to go do the thing. They got to walk to their class. They got to so on and so forth, right? And then they've got recess or they've got lunch. They've got breaks. They've got homerooms. They've got all this space in between classes, right? And then school gets out at 3.30 or whatever, 3 o'clock, whatever time it is. They jump on a bus. They come back home. So school feels like an eight-hour deal. That's what it feels like, right? It's a 7 in the morning till 3 in the afternoon or 7 in the morning till 4 in the afternoon. So in the, in the schools I grew up in, public school is like an eight- to nine-hour deal. Dude, homeschool, it's, it's not. Like she starts homeschooling at 9 a.m. ish and she invests three to four hours directly each day 
And in those three to four hours, it's, there's none of the other stuff, right? Like it's not all this other filler and walking to classes and so on and so forth. So my wife takes a two to three hour nap four to seven days a week. Like nice. she gets, she gets a nap, like there, the, the, the time is there because she invests in the kids, right? She invests time in herself in the morning. She invests in the kids and then she gets a, a, a nap to, to keep rolling, right? And then she'll get up and she'll do dinner and she'll do her garden and, uh, you know, all, all the other stuff. But she understands that things don't take as long as we make them, mm-hmm. make them out to take if you're yeah. intentional about it. And my daughter just tested. We were a little nervous because she did a test. Uh, she's going into a co-op program where she'll have, she'll be homeschooled, but then she'll also have a, a classroom type school. And um, she 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 tested to see if she could be in pre-algebra. And we were all a little nervous because this is her first like test versus, you know, kind of the schools. And they came back and they were like, um, she should probably test for regular algebra. So she went wow. and tested for regular algebra and she got in to regular wow. algebra right? at 13 years old. And so at two to three hours a day consistently over the last however many years, you know, she's just as adept, if not more, than a lot of other kids her age in these in these subjects. And it doesn't take eight, nine hours a day to do it. And it took half the amount of hours in a day mm-hmm. that any other kid. That's, That's right. wild. How much yeah. time are we wasting at school doing crap we don't need to do? A Dude, lot. it's a lot. When you really start to look at it, it's a lot. Now, don't get me wrong. There's benefits of friends and relationships right. and the conversations in the hallways, but you know, we, we have a lot of kids in the neighborhood. So our kids are very socialized and they're in gymnastics and dance and soccer and, you know, all, all of those things too. Um, but I think it's actually interesting. I was watching a thing this morning. So Henry Ford is known to be the founder of the, the 40 hour work week. Right. I've heard that. Mm-hmm. And that was back, um, you know, they came out model T and so, you know, all started in 1903 and from the factory assembly lines, industrial revolution, 1920s, da, 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 da. fast forward. It's been a hundred and something years and we are all still functioning like on this clock that was created a hundred plus years ago by these factories. Right. So we're attaching our value to time. We're attaching results to time. We're, and, and technology has evolved so much. I mean, look at the auto industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1973, NADA said a good car salesperson will sell you 10 to 12 cars a month, right? They said that back in 1973. That's one car every two to three days. Well, if you look at our industry and 90% of the dealerships in the country, guess how many cars salespeople sell? 10 to 12 cars a month, one car every one to three days. Why? Because that was the model that was released back then. Well, you would think 50 years later with internet, social media, AI tools, with all of that, you would think we'd be able to sell more cars now than we sold 50 years ago. But it's not the case because everybody's still attaching things to time and not investing the time to say, how can we do this more efficiently leveraging tools and technology in a powerful way so we don't have to run from eight in the morning till 10 o'clock at night, six days a week, and a lot of stores open on Sundays, right? Like it it doesn't make sense for a dealership today to be doing the same as they were five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. Like it makes zero sense. Your efficiency should be getting better. We should be able to uh, 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 create environments for our people 
where they can come in, get the job done and get out, right? Like serve our customers in a, an efficient way. Like it shouldn't take three hours to buy a car. And it still does, no matter what any dealership tells you. It still takes freaking three hours to buy a car, which is crazy. Yep. It's nuts, man. Two full-length feature films. And that's if the customer knows what they want. If they don't yeah. know what they want, it takes even longer, right? So it's just really interesting. Once we started to examine some of these beliefs that we have, it's like, oh, wait a minute. These things don't take that much time. And people will pay you more the faster you can get them a result. That's what's yeah, funny, right? Because everyone else is like, I need more time. So get me a result. I'd rather pay. I'd rather pay. Um, I know I'm talking a lot. I'm sorry. No, you're okay. No, you're okay. We're enjoying I know it. I'll pay. Um, uh, I think it was Hermosi who was talking about this. Like the reason people. Do you have, does anybody, I'm guessing there's some people watching. If you have a, a membership to a gym, you know, go ahead and put it down there in the, in the, in the chat. If you have a membership to a gym, there's, there's <laughs> now, now also put in the chat. If you actually use your membership to the gym, <laughs> yeah, most people, most people know, right? So it's crazy when it comes to fitness, when it comes to fitness, uh, people don't want to pay much, right? A membership to a gym's. 19 bucks a month, 29 bucks a month, 49 bucks a month, whatever it is. And that's because the promise of a membership of the gym is if you come to the gym every day for a long period of time, you will get fit, right? Like that's the promise of the gym. So mm -hmm. people don't pay much for that because they're like, oh, that's a lot of work and it's going to take a lot of time. So I'll maybe get a membership, but it's going to be, I'm not paying much for that, right. right? Then you look at something like liposuction. They're like, hey, it's $5,000. You're going to go to sleep for an hour and you're going to lose 50 pounds. And people are like, yeah, I'll do that. I'll pay five grand for that because I don't have to do any work and it doesn't take any time. Well, the same is true yep. for us in business. If you can get somebody a result faster, they will pay more for it because they value that, right? They value that time. So those are some of the things that we've worked on in our home and in our business and that we've learned over the last few years that help increase these efficiencies so we can get more done. Yeah, and that that comparison, I um, I had actually heard heard you make that same comparison in another podcast, and that was so eye opening to me because honestly, a few months ago, I probably would have been in the same boat. Like I would have been the yes, take the fifty pounds off of me now because I'm I would I would constantly say I don't have enough hours in the day. Like I just can't do it, and I'm to totally talking to the wrong person when I say I don't have enough hours in the day. But <laughs> I, I wasn't prioritizing my time and you know uh, making the investments where I need to make and. It's, it. I mean, it's a problem with everybody. Like they don't, they don't know what you can do with an extra hour, with an extra twenty minutes here and there, where you can fit that exercise in and burn those extra calories and do those extra things. It doesn't even have to be a gym. I do more workouts at home and walking around my neighborhood. We have um, a whole bunch of dumbbells and exercise stuff at our house. I've had a gym membership for three years, and I think I haven't gone into. And I'm just right. too ashamed because I know the owners. I'm too ashamed to go cancel it. Right. Like, right. <laughs> that's, that's what it is. And like, oh, sorry. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it's uh, discipline. I don't want to drive to the gym because it's further away from my house now that I don't live near there anymore. And I would rather just go walk around the neighborhood or do the workout yeah. at my house. It's a lot of work. It's not convenient, right? Exactly. It's not convenient. And we understand that as a consumer, but yet in the auto industry, we're still 
doing everything in our power to inconvenience people and wondering why they're asking for discounts or beating us over the head or why our margins are down. And it's, 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 it's the exact same thing, man. If it's inconvenient, then people, it's not as valuable. The more right. convenient we make it, the more valuable it is. Right? It's really, really simple. And I think we have a tremendous opportunity in this industry to really increase our worth and value. We've been valuable to uh, humanity, you know, for over 100 years in a lot of ways. Uh, but with modern tools and the resources we have now, like, man, it, it, we should be propelling into the future. People should be more like instead of being the second most hated thing to do versus going to the dentist, we should be like the second favorite thing yes. for people to do. They're like, yeah, we get to go buy a car. I want to see somebody on the side of the street. They just got in an accident. Nobody got hurt. Their car's clearly totaled. And they're like, yes, we get to go to the dealership. (laughs) You know, like that's, that's how it should be. And, and, And not just for our consumers, but for our employees as well. It's a really cool, fun industry. We just got to get with the program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that same excitement to sell a car and to service a car yeah. and to uh, fund a deal, all of the things like you should be that excited to go in every day and get to help the people that you do. No doubt. No doubt. We got a question here from Michael Larkin. Question for Mr. Lundy. Do you think dealership would be better served focused on their internal or external to utilize technology to grow business? That's a very large loaded question. Yeah, did, would the dealership be better served focusing on their internal or external to utilize technology to grow business? Um, I'm thinking this is like a marketing thing, like in, grow an internal marketing department or... Michael, well, think, you're still here. Throw us another comment to give us a little more details. Yeah, I think that um, you know, the answers, the answers, they go hand in hand is is, is really the answer. So... If we focus on if we focus on utilizing technology better internally, right, then our employees get a better experience, which ultimately trickles down into a better experience for the customer, because the happier our employees are, the happier the customers are going to be. And effectively, that technology will trickle to the outside. Now, on the other side of that, if we focus on external technologies, making sure that the customer's experience is seamless, right? Um, then at that point, it makes our employees happier too because the customer's happier and we're selling more cars. So they kind of go go hand in hand. You can work it from both sides. The key is to be intentional about investing time with an expectation of a return on that investment in moving the dealership forward as an entity, right? The the consumer experience, the employee experience, the owner experience, all of that should be moving in a positive direction as a whole. That's a great answer. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Love that. Michael, if you have any follow-up questions, pop it back in there, but I didn't see you pop anything else in, so I hope that... I hope that answered it. So um, every every time you um, move your head, I see a little something behind you. <laughs> I was waiting for you to point that out. I need to address. Do a do a little bobbin weave for me, real quick. No, 
You know, did you just mute yourself? Oh, I didn't mean to. Oh, okay. I muted while I was drinking. Yeah, right that that thing behind you there. So, uh, so I don't know if you know this about us, but we're uh, conveniently located in Missouri, and uh, yeah, that makes us Chiefs fans. So what did you say makes you cheater fans? Cheat, <laughs> oh. cheat, cheat fans? Did you say oh. cheat fans? Oh, he's going with fighting words already. Dang. I thought, I thought, is that not what you said? I'm sorry. Maybe I heard that wrong. It sounded like you said cheat fans. Cheat Su- fans. Super Bowl winning champions? Is that what you said? Yeah, multiple times. No, you guys, um, you know, Patrick Mahomes, that whole team is phenomenal. Man. Oh. Absolutely incredible. So fun to watch. So entertaining. Oh, yeah. So great for the NFL. Like, uh I, I love it. I love what you guys are doing out there. You know, I am a victim of Raider fandom <laughs> and have been for 40 years, um, you know, um, and so it runs in the blood. And every time I think about getting rid of, you know, the Raiders, then my daughter, or all the kids, they remind me that like every gift anybody's ever given me for the last 20 years of my life is something Raiders, Raiders, right? (laughs) I got an autographed Raiders helmets and and pictures and frames and we've got all the jerseys and the clothes and so my my daughter's like, what are you going to do? Just throw all those gifts out? I'm like, "Ah, yeah, I guess we'll we'll stay a victim of Raider Raider fandom for, for a while longer, but that doesn't mean we can't respect and appreciate uh, Patrick Mahomes and 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 the rest of that team, man, it's really been a phenomenal run the last the last really six what seven years. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it, I mean, there's so many good teams. I mean, this was this last season was so phenomenal to watch as yeah. um, you know the last round of quarterbacks retired. You know, Roethlisberger's out, Brady's out. Um, you know, we still have Rodgers and. He's hanging in there as long as he can. But, um, you know, we've we've got a lot of people making some moves in there. And um, as a Raiders fan, or do you, do you actively watch during the seasons? So I will. I know invest- you're busy is why I ask. What's that? I know you're busy is why I ask. Yeah. So I, I will invest, uh, you know, a couple hours usually on Sundays for a, a little bit of football. I do find I find joy in that. Um and it's something that my son and I do together. So Joel likes to watch football and him and I go to, uh, you know, we've gone to multiple football games, we go to Saints games and Raiders games and, and things like that. So the experience that I get with him um, is my return, right? The return that I get on that investment. But it's not like it used to be. I mean, I got Lee, I used to do the fantasy football thing and I'd be locked in, like, don't talk to mm-hmm. me for, from uh, 1 p.m. until you know midnight, I was just gone into football land. Uh, yeah. But now I'll try to catch the Raiders games when I can, and and uh, you know do a little red zone network uh, yeah. throughout the Sunday. Yeah. That's it's. There's something about Sundays. I hate um, Sundays when when football season's not happening. <laughs> Tough for me. So so, how are you feeling? Um, I know that um, it's big news with um, the Raiders getting Jimmy Garoppolo this year. So how are how are you feeling? He's honestly a great quarterback. I think that his leadership skills are much better than I feel Derek Carr's were. So how are you feeling about that as um, somebody who's a little bit more familiar with the Raiders than even I am? Yeah, they're gonna suck. <laughs> it's gonna be awful. <laughs> they're they're gonna be uh, terrible. Same uh, thing every year. Yeah, it's it, they're they're going to be terrible. We we, you know, when when Derek Carr first came out and was leading and he was leading strong, and we ran and ran ran to the playoffs, and then he ended up breaking his leg. Um, 
all my hopes of anything happening for the Raiders for the next decade, like died in that moment. Uh, and then from there, it just got worse and worse and worse with the, the Gruden stuff and the, yeah. the, their leadership is just awful, man. The, the leader, the, the, not the leadership necessarily on the field, the lead, the, the business side mm-hmm. of the leadership is just, it's just terrible. And until they get that straight and they start to demand excellence from the top down, they're always going to have piss poor, piss poor performance. It doesn't matter what athletes you put in those spots. And we've seen that. We've had incredible, uh, 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 you know, Khalil Mack and, and uh, Mari and all these guys. We've had incredible athletes on the field and they can't they can't win ball games. And so it's 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 very similar to the automotive world. Mm-hmm. man. You can get all the most talented salespeople and, and service techs and whatnot in the world. But if you don't have a great owner and great leaders at the top that are on yeah. board, uh, level five leaders, if you don't have that, the dealership doesn't move. So it's uh, it's going to suck. It's going to be another terrible year. Uh, the good news is I'll secretly and privately um, be cheering for uh, Derek Carr over there on the Saints because I think he's a good guy. Yeah. It's, um, it is, you know, I've never really thought about the comparison of the automotive industry to football, but now that you say that, I'm like, the gears are turning. I'm like, wow, it actually is very similar. And the structure of, you know, teams being built and, and that leadership does have to be invested from the top down. And I think that is one of those things that makes, um, you know, the, I hate to say it cause I'm always going to sound like a bandwagoner right now talking about the chiefs, but, um, it's one of the things that makes the Chiefs organization great from the top down, um, even to Andy Reid, to Patrick, um, to even the rest of the captains on the team. They all carry that that level of, of love and leadership for each other and that sense of teamship that they need to push each other forward. Yeah, absolutely. It's and the same for, for just a second. I'm going to step out. I keep having a coughing fit. And I don't want to keep interrupting. So I'm going to step out and let you finish it. OK. Oh, OK. I'm so sorry. She's jumping sharp. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, she's watching from out there. So <laughs> she she's been battling a cold for like a week, and she she the the last show we did, she had to do the same thing, and she's like, I hope to. She's literally got cough drops right here. She's like, I oh, hope to God thing. I don't start coughing during the show. I hope to God I don't. No, oh, poor sorry. thing. Hey, yeah. hey, it's all right. It's all good though. It's all good. At least yeah. she's not watching from out there. So. But yeah, it's um, it's you know, football is one of those things that um, it's so fun. God, I hate I hate summertime when we don't have football. Like I'm counting the days until it's back. I'm ready for yeah, it. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's it's it's, a, it's great. And as a company, they've done incredible things with the brand. Um, I've got a lot of respect for the NFL. Um, I actually do a training in my 800% Club uh, Automotive Group. I do a training called uh, Building a 76 Billion Dollar organization because uh, that's that's what the NFL is uh, there were 76 billion dollars and if you really think about it there's a ball and there's a field and with a ball and a field obviously injecting people and players and athletics and so on and so forth they were able to build a 76 billion dollar organization that owns a day of the week owns a night of the week with mm-hmm. Monday night football and is on its way to owning Thursdays if they can get that figured out, right? But if at its simplest form, it's a game with a ball and a field. If they can do that 
with a with with a ball and a field. Why why can't we build seventy six billion dollar organizations in the automotive industry? We've got cool cars. We've got amazing products. We've got yep. uh, we can we can involve and engage even more people. Everybody buys a car at some point or another in their life. You know, ninety five percent of humans in America anyway are going to end up buying a buying a vehicle, and so. You know, football is only going to only caters to a smaller audience, really uh, uh, an audience of people that like sports or, you know, are connected to somebody that likes sports. So we really break down what the NFL has done in order to build a $76 billion organization between the way they highlight their players, between the community efforts that they do, the stories that they tell. NFL Films is one of the most famous film companies in the history of film because they put together these incredible stories, right, that are captivating for anyone to watch. Whether you're a football fan or not, you can – just the story of Jerry Rice attacking the hill, right? Mm -hmm story of the player whose mom, you know, uh, uh, was was showing up and putting her headlights out on the field every night so that he could run his 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 uh, suicides. Right. Like these stories are so captivating that NFL films has done that it draws in a huge crowd. So we do those comparisons because nowadays before NFL films, you know, back in the 70s or whatnot, not everybody had a camera in their pocket. Dude, now we've all got cam-, cam. Getting cameras is easy, right? Yeah. That part's easy. Filming's easy. Editing's easy. Putting together stories is easy. We have the characters. It just takes somebody with the intention to say, "Okay, hey, we're going to tell these stories. And we're going to do it in a powerful way in order to be able to draw more people to our brand." Yeah. Right. So it's very, it's eerily similar. Because you have all the different positions from owner to GM to offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. You know, you've got all these different positions just like you do in a dealership. Exactly. exactly the same. And if everybody takes responsibility and looks at things that way, you can build a really massive organization that makes a massive impact in the community. I, I think that is a really good comparison. And I'm thinking of all the ways my marketing brain is like going at the same time of all the ways that dealerships can do the same thing and ways that I've seen dealerships do that and share stories of customers, you know? Um, and I, I think I see it more. So I was raised in, in subprime dealership. Um, but it comes from those subprime stores where it's, um, you know, a, a single mom that, um, you know, her car crapped out on her that was 12 years old and, um, she's got to get the kids to school. She's got to be able to, to do all these things, but she's got bad credit because, you know, medical bills piled up and all these things. And this is a story they get to tell, of course, you know, with her permission, but, um, we got her approved. We got her in this brand new vehicle. We can do it for you too. Right. And, and even better if she can be the one to tell the story. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And then your players, right? Like we fall in love with the players. We fall in love with the players only in part because of what they do on the field. Mm-hmm. We fall in love with the players because of the stories that the NFL tells us about them and shows us. Whenever you see NFL players in commercials, where do you see them? You might see a highlight of them on the field, but then you see them in an apron serving in a soup kitchen. Yep. You might see a highlight of them on a field, but then you see them with a bunch of kids at a camp throwing footballs, right? Like mm-hmm. the NFL does a phenomenal job of showing us 
these players in community as yeah. real life human beings that we can connect with, not these elite superstars that we can't even imagine or fathom what their life's like. No, they bring us inside, right? They connect us. They do stories on their kids and their spouses, their charities, their foundations, the things that they believe in. This is what we should be doing, man. You got all these people in your stores that care about things, right? Let's show, let's highlight that. These are, these are your neighbors. We, we had an episode on this a few weeks back that was all about your community is your neighbors. It's uh, the parents of your, your kids' friends. It's your kids' teachers. All of these people who, who you need to be out there interacting with are going to be not just your customers, your, your future family. Right. Because it's not just customers. These are your family. These are your forever customer base that are going to come back and service with you, come back and buy with you. And being a part of that community is giving back to them and showing them, you know, A, for one, that you're grateful. And for two, hey, I love being a part of this community. I love, you know, what we do here and, um, you know, here in Joplin, Missouri, you know, we love we love getting to be a part of the Joplin community. And um, these are the businesses that we're passionate about. And we want to do anything that we can to make sure that you succeed. Right. That's what it's all about. I love it. 100%. I love it. I love it. 800%. 800%. Hey, I have a question about that. Is it 800% because you have eight kids? I <laughs> know. I just happen to have eight kids, which lined up with 800%. Uh, the number eight's been in my life for a very long time for some reason. Uh, so, you know, Kobe Bryant and I were born the same year. I followed his career. Uh, never got a chance to meet him, but he was a big impact in my life. He was number eight. And, uh, uh, you know, just the number eight's followed me forever. And then I ended up having eight kids. And then we grew the dealership that I had the, uh, the opportunity to um, be a GM for, we grew that dealership 800% in less than six years. So wow. 800% has just been, you know, it's just, the, it's just, it's just been the deal. It's been the deal. Um, and so now it's become a lifestyle. 800% is how we live. And uh, yeah, we love it. That's Everybody's why. popping in on that 800%. They know it. <laughs> everybody knows it. Everybody loves it. And it is a culture that everybody wants to grow by. You have created something amazing in this industry. And I, I am so glad that, you know, even for just an hour today, we got to be a part of it. And I can't wait to to watch you grow further and um, see all of the people who continue to be impacted by you and learn from you on a daily basis, because it's it's phenomenal. And to even be one of those people. So well, thank, thank you. you. Thank you for everything you're doing for this industry. Yes, you bet. You bet. Thank you. And thank you for this. Thanks for having me on. It's our pleasure. Um, I know Jess isn't in here, so I'm going to have to um, sign off on my own. Um, in a world <laughs> where you can be anything, be kind because you never know what battles somebody else may be facing. So when you go out into the world this week, remember to light it up. I have been Shasta and I think I'm Jess. Sorry, <laughs> We've been the chicks in charge and Glenn Lundy. Thank you so much for coming on. We will see oh, everybody welcome. next week. Thank you so much. All Don't right, forget to light it up, guys. <laughs> see ya.